Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line, look out again. Intercepted! We're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. It's 6.20 in the morning. I didn't think you were going to get up, man, but... I made uh, it. Let's... I, I I got so much to talk about because I was livid after this game last night. And yeah. I'm just going crazy because I... This got to be the first thing we talk about. Justin Herbert goes down with an injury uh, to the rib area, to the non-throwing side of his, you know, rib cage. Uh, and... We're down 10 points with like three minutes and, and like two timeouts. What are we doing here? Like, is this, it's week two against a really good Chiefs defense, and you have a long way to come back. The guy's throws are getting a little sporadic. He has the dime to Carter right at the end there to show that he can fight through anything. But it's week two, and you're going into a period where you get 10 days off to try to get your quarterback healthy again, and he's in a lot of pain. What are we doing here? Well, to me, it's like that that was just like you, you had so many times before that moment to win the go win and seal the game, and you didn't. And so that was like your last chance. It was like, but at that point, it, it's a little too late. Like, I understand you, you want to like fight and claw till the last second. Um, but a minute 20 against the Chiefs in Arrowhead down two scores is, is one of the most unachievable tasks that you can you can try to attempt. And so, like like you're saying, week two. I disagree with that. I still think you can go win the game. If you get I, that, that, that onside kick that they actually had a real opportunity to get, you can go win close. that game. But this is week two, and your guess, season is on the line with your quarterback I, who – 
ends up taking another hit. Like the, the first play, he comes back in, and I'm to me, I'm going. This guy, if he gets like legitimately hurt or this thing starts to linger throughout the season, that's going to affect the entire season. Take the right. L or go to your backup, Chase Daniel, and have him help you win the game. I get that Justin Herbert is a freak player who yeah. does things nobody else can do. Um, But, like, this guy is in a lot of pain and barely able to play. Well, that, that extra hit, did that not set him back? This could have been a two-week injury that now stretches out six to eight weeks or more if he takes on more hits. Because, like, as a quarterback, the rib injury is so weird because you feel it in different throws. You can play through it. I think I broke my ribs. I broke two of my ribs back in high school. I taped a thigh pad to my rib every game and I just played out throughout the season. And I swear every single time I hit that ground, I felt it, but you could play through that. But as a quarterback, like you use those muscles around that rib area. And I mean, some throws you'll feel it, some you don't. And the ones that you'll feel it, you won't feel it until you're halfway through the throwing motion. And then you like twitch or you like twerk or whatever. Every time you feel that pain there and that's going to throw that accuracy off. And you saw he was pretty sporadic on some of those throws. Well, so yeah. I just don't know what we're doing here. That's why I, I I guess ten points with that amount of time with a healthy quarterback of Justin Calibur or Justin Herbert's caliber, totally doable. But down ten with that amount of time with a quarterback who's obviously more injured than more hurt than you've ever seen him before, that to me made it insurmountable because. To me, this is the ultimate game of what ifs. We had so many chances, um, and the, the Chiefs kind of just let us hung out on the ropes, let us tire ourselves out throwing haymakers, and they just kind of came in at the last second. But the what ifs, what if Keenan Allen played? What if no injuries across the, the, the offensive line? What if Corey Lindsley and, and Rayshon Slater finished this game? What if, you know, those uh, two Trey interceptions? Pipkins. Trey Pipkins, sorry. What if <laughs> don't don't go ahead and, sorry, and put fuck. that out there? That that's retracted, that's false retracted, retracted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what if you know? What if the those two interceptions aren't dropped? What if those two other two interceptions aren't thrown uh, horrible flags? Like what? What if there's so many what ifs that we just kind of let get away from us? And when you're playing a team like the Chiefs, uh, you can't let those what ifs happen. You got to take advantage of what you can control. Um, and I thought we kind of let it get away from us at times. What if Brandon Staley was Brandon Staley of last season? Who is this new Brandon Staley? Yeah, who- let's talk about that for a second. J- Brandon Staley, fourth and Staley has not really shown itself in the certain situations you'd expect them to. Mm-mm. I mean, last year, if you were across the 50 and there was two yards to go on fourth down, Staley's going for it. And then somebody else on Twitter, I was, I was talking about it was like, you know, it's a better defense. Great. Trust them. Wait. If you don't convert, like that was right. the whole identity of this team last year. And it won us and lost us some game, but we were consistent. It was our identity and we we're going to go and be this team. And then for whatever reason, this year he's much more conservative in those situations like i i don't get it on fourth and like inches 
he trots the in, in week one he trots out the punt team yeah. late to kind of do like this little like trickery and try to catch them off guard granted we pin them at like the you know two three yard line but like that's not our identity especially when you're playing a team that's got you know high powered offense and and can go and score points I mean we convert one of those totally different game uh, yeah absolutely um this one's so the more just just so such a letdown because I, I thought we had them I thought we played them pretty well I thought neither team played to 100% of their potential uh, but it's week two so uh, I don't think I was expecting either team to be firing on all cil- cylinders um but I am happy in the fact that this is a good football team that just has a couple things to 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 tweak um and and fine-tune but we played them um, right to the wire a very good chiefs team uh we are we should have won that game i i thought we played a better football game they scored more points uh at the end of the day they they had a little more resilience than we did um they made the plays when they needed to um and we kind of just dropped the ball there so i'm really excited for that rematch i thought this was going to be a a split series i thought it was really difficult to think either one of these teams is going to win two um, so I'll, I'm, I'm okay with it just cause that means the next meeting is going to be a win and I'm going, I'm bringing my dad. There's gonna be two generations of Alfers in the building. So I need to witness a, a, a win next, next game. And then that next game is probably going to be for the division. So we got a lot going on the line, a lot to fine tune. In the meantime, we got this mini buy working into a short part of our schedule. Let's get healthy. Let's fine-tune some things, and let's fix this Lombardi offense because this Lombardi offense through two games has been horrible. I thought he's called one good quarter out of the eight so far, and that was quarter one of the Raiders game. Um, I don't know what this guy's doing on offense right now. I don't like where our offense looks. It looks out of sync, Um, and we're not letting Justin Herbert be Justin Herbert. It's all play-action passing. Why can't we let this guy throw the football, especially when our run game isn't working really well and we're losing bodies on the offensive line? Yeah, what's going on with the run game? This game, we averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Austin Eckler, 14 for 39. Uh, No Isaiah Spiller. Um, Joshua Kelly had four carries. Sony Michelle had four carries. Um, Overall, it's it's kind of a lackluster. Uh, Offensive line just isn't moving the bodies around like we expected them to. Yeah. So there's a couple of, you know, eight – not uh eight eight and seven of long uh in the game but overall it's just not consistent enough uh we're giving austin eckler the touches primarily um but it just isn't panning out and there's been a couple times where i'm like ah so close you you hit that seam you're gone yeah. other times i mean austin eckler what this is one of the ones that like shocked me uh austin eckler is taking a carry near like the goal line uh thinks he sees something outside kind of jets out that direction um defense reacts this is against the Raiders game stays inside though there's a seam and it's a 99 yard race uh so there has been some missed opportunities in the run game in terms of just hitting the right gap um but overall through two games it's not been a great run game do we even have 100 rushing yards through two games? I don't think we do. I feel like we have like 70. Both were in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but last week, it is an improvement from last week. Last week, we were in like 2.4 yards per carry. 
on right. like 31 attempts. This week, 24 attempts, uh, 3.1. It's improving, but it's still terrible. You got to be around minimum 3.8, ideally 4.8, somewhere around there. But you got to you got to be around the fours. Yeah. So. Well, and it's a new offensive line. We thought we expected some gelling. Um, those injuries it really up front, isn't. It's the, it, it the doesn't right make, side is new, but it's all the same players yeah. with the exception of Zion. Yeah, but and and Zion played yeah, I, a hell of a game. Let's talk about Zion Johnson, literally dude, like locking up Chris Jones. There's a there's a couple lost battles in there for sure, mm-hmm. but Chris Jones is probably one of the best bull rushers in the NFL. And Zion anchored down more often than not. It was more of that hand fighting, letting him get around um, around that that isn't really Chris Jones' strong suit. But in terms of just anchoring down, digging digging your cleats in and not giving up ground, Zion is extremely strong and has been more oppressive through two games than Matt Filer has, in my opinion. Yeah, he's 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 making the you know the noticeable plays. Um, that one was significant. That one really stood out. Um, and just what a what a very what a strong, smart player that we have in Zion Johnson. Just seems mature beyond his age. I know he didn't take the Rayshon Slater comparisons very well because he wanted to go and earn them. Um, but I think we are seeing a guy who has a similar work ethic, a guy who is similar in the way that oh, I'd rather go show you than talk about how good i am um i love that i love that that that's the style of leader that we have here we don't have the you know drill sergeant oorah let's go yell you know yell and get you lifted we got the guys who we'll make we'll make you know we'll celebrate a big play but they're out there for the next one they're out there for the super bowl ring they're out there leading by example kind of characters and um i kind i kind of like what we're building but right now we're kind of like we are, I think, a team in limbo. I think a very talented team who has does not have its identity yet. And I want I want I thought that was a big reason of why we were so successful last year. It's like this is how we're going to play football. And we came out the gate four and two um, still very doable, very doable. We can even improve upon that. I think a five and one started, I think, is, is very, very possible. Um but you need to go back to your roots. And what worked for us last year was being aggressive and not playing to lose. I felt like we were kind of playing to lose. We were kind of playing intimidated of the Chiefs. Um, and they're just way too damn good. You can't give Patrick Mahomes more opportunities. That guy made some amazing throws. Um, who Overall, I thought had just an okay game. Um, when you, Patrick Mahomes has an okay game, you have to win those. Um, losing an, an okay game to Patrick Mahomes just hurt so much because we had so many chances to close him out. Yeah, um, I mean, he went 24 for 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, he had five touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and overall, there is like, I would say, four to five different opportunities for interceptions. Yeah. Uh, really, if we convert two of those, this is a totally different game. Uh, he, I didn't think that the pass rush was getting there quite as much, but I think that was also because... Patrick Mahomes is really good at escaping the pocket. Yeah. We really have always struggled to keep him. Every team struggles to keep him inside the pocket and contain him. And I think that's the goal plan. And that's actually what works against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is squeeze down the pocket 
give him no room, make him feel rushed, make him feel like he doesn't have a whole lot of room, uh, make him feel claustrophobic inside of there. But don't let him get out and run around and extend plays because that's that's what makes the Chiefs really dangerous is when the play breaks down and he can get out the pocket, he can throw cross body, he can throw deep downfield. But when he feels pressured, he forces he, – he, he lost it up ultimately is what he ends up doing is he lost it up kind of high. And those more often than not turn into turnovers, interceptions – Asante Samuel had an outstanding game, like really, really good. Like I can't really talk about just how good Asante was click and close, um, you know, had an opportunity to come with two legitimate interceptions. There was another misthrown ball that it looked like I'd have to look at the all 22, but it looked like he was coming in for like another pick. If that would have been an accurate throw, that was kind of toward the third quarter. Yeah. But um, defensively, like the Chargers, we're there to make certain plays. I don't want to blame the refs, but you got to blame the refs a little bit because there's, yeah. there's, there's uh, been, just some of those penalties that overturned the turnovers were a little questionable. The big one being the Nasir Adderley one. Um, that that Nasir Adderley interception uh, is a off a, clearly an offensive pass interference. Yeah. that's awful um it's not one of those things where i think you you can't point to one thing in in a football game and always going to the officiating is seems to me like one of the biggest cop-outs a fan could make um but 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 this one was really these were egregious it really was and it seemed very obvious like how do we keep our favorite player patrick mahomes uh from embarrassing himself and it's like that that you, you can't do that like we're getting a little we're getting the better of Patrick Mahomes just let us you got to let us play and at the end of the day I didn't think um I thought the refs kind of had their handprints on it they're like this thing's getting out of the hand I might have to throw a flag and that's kind of the the reaction it was it seemed very like the NBA playoffs how they do that where they officiate teams differently if a team's getting blown out you're going to get more calls that way because they want to keep it competitive it seemed very on brand like that because it was like there's no way that's a flag because on the other side you know there's so many like i really thought the chiefs players i'm not dirty but i thought that they took took um herbert to the ground a little more often than they should have i thought he got rid of the ball and the fact that they were all kind of barreling in on him landing on him which i thought was a point of emphasis um not getting called i thought any of those hits on herbert late could have been called a uh, roughing the passer none of them were tom brady would have got that call aaron Rodgers would have got that call pat mahomes gets those calls that's what so, happens when you're six six though i mean take a look well, at cam and Newton that we're calling and him all weird. the shots he took we're calling him weird now because he, he he's different like i i just think i don't know um I don't know. It's such a bummer because I, I thought the officiating I, – I shouted out the officiating last game because I thought it was awesome. I thought this officiating this game was very one-sided. Uh, there's awful calls on both sides, but then it got really one-sided there the second half, um, which I think is obvious. I think it's because the Chargers were building so much momentum, um, and I just I just hate that. You got to call the play evenly. Let the guys play football. The, the best team is going to win. Um, I don't think the best team won last night. No, uh, I mean, if you really look at it, you take away the 52-yard 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire rush toward the end there that, that really kind of sealed the game. Like that put the Chargers away ultimately. You take that 52 yards out, and they were 18 for you know 40 uh 41 yards on the ground. That's that's a really, really good run defense. Every once in a while you're gonna give up that big play. It just was perfectly blocked up. And honestly. He was running into that gap, hold two hands on the ball, just trying to to was a great eat away some clock. And then all of a sudden, he was left out in the open and, and took off. Um, but they they really averaged something like two point zero yards per carry. You take the one big play out. So I mean, we played them very very well against the run. Uh, Kansas City's uh, wide receivers. Uh, Travis Kelsey, five reception, 51 yards. That is really low stat line for him. Yeah. Um, Derwin James really locked him up quite a bit. Uh, he got open over the middle of the field uh, often, but in terms of just how far deep downfield, I mean, it's, you know, put your heels on the, on the uh, first down marker and play everything in front of you. And we did that very, very well all game. There was no real like big, big plays outside the, the, Justin Watson touchdown uh, over J.C. Jackson, made a really good move, uh, got J.C. to bite. Uh, J.C. almost recovered, but it was just a little too little too late. And really good throw, throw by Patrick Mahomes, too. Yeah, that, that much was. You can do. But outside of that, I mean, overall, I feel like there was no player on the Chargers defense who had a bad game. Drew Tranquil, like, has really come into his own. Uh, probably one of the players that benefited the most from having the new front in front of him. Uh, and he's been able to just read and react. I really think that he is really improved. Like he's, he looks probably great. most improved player on defense at this point in time with Asante Samuel kind of, you know, um, having some good plays, having some bad plays. And I haven't seen in, almost anything bad from Drew, maybe the missed tackle uh, on, on the, scramble by um uh, Patrick Mahomes that led to the touchdown but even that like he wasn't even in position to make that tackle and was just trying to get out there and put some pressure on Patrick Mahomes overall like Drew has played outstanding Drew's looked really good I think in that game in particular I I I thought JC I thought JC played all right I wasn't amazed in his debut uh, but I guess that's expected. First game of the season has been kind of nursing this injury, hasn't been practicing. So it's going to take him a little, little bit to get back into the rhythm of things as kind of expected. But I thought Zot had an amazing game. I didn't see any, a bad play that game, that Chiefs game. I thought he was on fire. He was getting targeted more than any guy. Um, and I don't remember if there is a couple of receptions he gave up. It wasn't for much. Um, he ended up rallying to get the tackle and had a lot of plays on the ball um a couple should have been picks that just he couldn't get around to um the 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 one that was called dropped where he clearly had his hand underneath it um that guy was out there balling last night uh and i'm really excited for his next steps and his development because i think we have a really really special player in asante samuel jr and just wait until jc jackson gets rolling this defense is going to be a nightmare. Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense uh, went up against a Cardinals D who's who's legit. By the way, they the Chiefs made them look silly, but the Cardinals are still a very good football team. Um, going from five touchdowns to five hundred 
all purpose yards of offense to to this game, um, I think really speaks to the defense that we've built. It is significantly improved from last season. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Now, um, I think our uh, the offense is starting to sputter and it needs to pick up its part. I also think the special teams that second half uh, was really bad. I thought the first half, make forcing, forcing four punts. T- Tommy Townsend had four um, times the amount of punts as Patrick Mahomes had touchdowns in the first half. Four to one. That's awesome. And you go into halftime with a three point lead. Like just just not taking advantage of the you, you, you gotta take you gotta take advantage of those little glimpses of hopes when you're playing a team like Patrick Mahomes because you're not gonna get many. And they gave us a lot. We just kept giving it back to them. Yeah, uh PFF actually has grades up. Uh, I already disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? I, I already disagree, but I do agree a little bit with some of the grades. So Asante Samuel Jr. was the highest uh, graded defensive player, 87.7. This is just how I disagree. They're, they credit him with two pass breakups. I can count three. You had the two interceptions, yeah. right? The opportunities yeah. for the interceptions. And yeah. then in the first quarter, he came up, got his hand on the ball, and made a PBU there. And I'm pretty sure he had one more. Um, so I just, I don't get all of that. Um, in terms of pressures, uh, the player that gave up also, oh, he gave up, uh, three receptions on six targets. Um, that seems low that too, means. but, uh, Joey Bosa had five total pressures. Uh, Chloe Mack only had four and one sack. Uh, so he's at what? Four sacks four. In, in two games Two a game. Uh, and then Drew Tranquil, Morgan Fox, Calvin Noy all had two pressures. So in total, they said that the Chargers had 18 total pressures, one sack, um, and only three hits on the quarterback, uh, which seems about accurate. Uh, your other highest graded defensive players, Joey Bosa, 83.9, Kilomax, 72.9. Uh, I didn't think Atito played all that well. Um, I thought there was more of the other defensive tackles, but maybe I need to go back and watch some film. Uh, but Atito's in there with a 71.2. And then going over the offensive side of the ball, um, we got to talk about Mike Williams. Like, wow. Yeah. What a, what a comeback game for this guy. Absolute weapon. So what, how do you, yeah, how do you think that he played? Like, it felt like we we're playing them very similar to how we put, played them week one last year, week two last year, right? Because of you know, the hot start, like 
it was. I thought it was really nice to see Mike Williams had that bounce back game for sure. Bounce back game, and then not the typical what we have envisioned Mike Williams to be kind of game. He was running routes. He was making contested catches. And I didn't realize this. He is the best receiver since he's entered the league with receptions and catches where you got a guy close, a guy who could make a play. Mike Williams just makes the play more often than not, which is an incredible skill to have um, when you're that size. And his route running is getting better. He He's figuring out uh, the, the cerebral part of, you know, anchoring down in the zone to find those sweet spots, connect with Justin Herbert. They're, they're on uh, a different level right now than the other receivers on this uh, roster. You look at it, 10 targets, 8 catches, 113 yards, definitely on the same page. And you go down the line, Gerald Everett also had 10 targets, 6 catches. One of those incompletions was was the dagger that picked pick six. 6 at the goal line. Um, just n- not a great throw. Uh, but also just made the right, right, wrong decision. And if you look back at it, Gerald Everett was absolutely gassed at the end of that play. He had a big play to get him down there. And before that play, before they decided to go no tempo, he's yelling at the sideline, get me out of here, get me out of here. And they're like, we're going tempo. And you could see it in his face. He puts his mouthpiece in and he kind of just like lets off a shrug, but you could be, you could just hear him saying, and it's like, okay, here we go. And he lines up, he runs a half-ass route. Um, not a, I, And I'm not trying to put blame Gerald Everett. It was just a bad, it was miscommunication on both sides. Coaching staff should have seen well, that. Well, I also thought Everett it was a bad throw on top of that. because It was, it was, a, it was a bad play on top of it. Rushed. It yeah, was, it, it just, you don't it need just to was. Rush. Yeah. You don't need to rush in that point. I, I get trying but to But even make that, like you're running it out and he's throwing inside, like that's, you know, you, you typically want to place that low and, you know, away from the, uh, yeah. the defender. And I felt like that was high. And it was a bad throw, but it was a bad throw. And I think the, the point of all of that is I thought that decision was a little rushed. I get wanting to make an advantage, take an advantage, uh, and not let KC get its its goal line D set up. But in the same vein, you have to have enough time to get your offense set up. I did not think we had enough time to call the right play, to make the right reads. to, And so at that point, it, you take a timeout. You take the full 40-second play clock to get your guys in to get the personnel in, to get the right play called i thought that decision was just a little rushed uh at a pivotal time you don't need to be rushing we got plenty of time here folks well i think you're rushing because you're trying to keep the defense off balance i mean that was what this defense what or this offense was built around this is what joe lombardi's offense has has kind of been is you know keep the tempo up don't let the the defense get into a groove you control the tempo you control the game but um even like I, I think you know. Granted, yeah, he's asking to come off the field, but you got to get your conditioning up at some point, right? Like, sure, it's I get it's week two, but you're in Kansas City, which isn't known for being high elevation, so you're not like dying for that reason. You had two plays go your way. You're tired. Suck it up, man. Uh, put it out there. Like, it's not an injury related type of like issue. It's like a I'm tired issue. Yeah. Well, you're literally running a two-yard speed out. Like, yeah, I I still think, like, I I understand the tempo part of it, and I I still think though, you, you you're losing you, kind you, of that element but, of surprise, right? You're running tempo you're to, cre- 
you're running tempo to create disadvantage, like you said, on the defense. But I yeah, thought you're we, looking for those we rushed, we rushed so fast that I thought it was a disadvantage to us more than it was a disadvantage to them because we weren't ready. And so they and they seemed ready. Like they were a lot more prepared for that play than we were, um, I thought. So that that's kind of where I was at. The tempo didn't work for what its its purpose was, and its purpose was to create advantage for us. I thought it did the opposite. Uh, Gerald Everett's really come into his own as well. I think that he's become like a, he's a vital player to this offense. I mean, the run after catch ability in itself. Uh, you look at week one where he Justin Herbert's foot's getting pulled and he catches it and comes off of uh, almost kind of like a pick. It wasn't meant to or designed to be like that, but that was the ultimate result. And then he's just getting upfield and he likes to weave his way through traffic like Having a tight end with real rack ability, a player who can, you know, weave through and 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 pick up yards after the catch, like that has been huge through two games. And Gerald Everett is he's an important piece of this offense right now. A guy who's gonna get the same number of targets, if not more, than Jared Cook did last year. Yeah. Uh so he's really, really come into his own. Uh DeAndre Carter right now looks like the best wide receiver on the roster. He does. Uh, he is really, really good. Um, actually, both players have been making some tough catches. Him and Gerald Everett. Uh, it's been very, very quiet for Josh Palmer. Um, I just don't. I don't know if we're just not drawing up the right plays for him, or are we just like the matchups elsewhere. But it seems like him and Justin Herbert have been kind of out of sync a little bit. Um, yeah, I'd say there's been some option routes where. It looks like Herbert's expecting one thing and he does the other, and they're just not connected um, the way somebody like him and, and um, uh, Keenan Allen have. But uh, Carter, DeAndre Carter, looks like a player who probably has bounced up the depth chart over um, Josh Palmer, uh, and it, it, he looks like a legit number two right now. He's a good, He's playing very, very well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he get, how he gets utilized it when once we get Keenan back. Um, also, like, even on the kick returns, uh, not that, kick returns on punt returns, like he has that yeah, feel of just like I either fair catching this or I'm gonna catch this, and make a quick move to get out of a guy running full speed at me. I'm gonna go pick up ten yards, uh, and he's not putting his body on the line, which is really really important as a punt returner. Um, so like, he just has that natural feel of like, I can either catch this and make a move or I just need a fair catch this. So like his decision-making in that aspect has been really good and his ability to get upfield, get out of bounds, not take the hit because he's, he's an important piece of this offense. I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, Keenan Allen is back in 10 days, assuming, you know, uh, that's the assumption and how he, if his role uh, has increased from, you know, what it was meant to be at the beginning of the season to what it is now. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I I'm excited because I think you got – it's a good problem to have. Um, too many mouths to feed. How are we going to scheme everybody up? I think, you know, it it'll be a matchup to matchup kind of situation. But I was surprised how little we've seen of Jalen Guyton through two games. Um, I don't think he has a catch. Um, I can't even – I think he had about four or five snaps last game. I don't remember seeing him uh, last night. You know, 
at this point with how the rise of, of Carter, um, I might even dangle him out there as trade bait. See if you can get something in return if you're not going to use them. Really? Well, yeah, I, that's, I just don't know. Because Keenan Allen is going to come back, right? What is, what is, you got what Josh Palmer out there. You got DeAndre Carter. And then if you want to, uh, you know, you got Gerald Everett and and um, you got you got a lot of mouths to feed in this offense where if he finishes the season with 30 targets, like, I mean, I'd rather get, you know, uh, a fourth round, fifth round draft pick for Jalen Guyton than just let him walk next year for nothing because I don't yeah. think that we're going to resign him, especially if we didn't play him. I don't think DeAndre. I think DeAndre Carter is going to play himself out of a contract next year if he keeps it at the same route rate he is. So, you know, knowing that you're you've got your your three your core three, and looking at your future, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of mouths to feed. Where Jalen Guyton kind of is is the last guy you're getting getting thought of right now. Yeah, yeah, too many good football players. Um... I just thought, I, I don't know. Um, I think his speed gives his offense a little different element, but they're kind of, they obviously have their own plan for. That's for actually what, part of the issue, though, is Joe Lombardi's yeah. play calling hasn't been taking advantage of those deep shots. It's, there's, and it was little, like that last uh, year. Like people were talking like, like this is a new thing. It's not a new thing. No, he's conservative. He's conservative. He's a conservative play caller. He'll take his shots here when they present themselves, but he's taking one, he's taking one and a half. Um, which I think when you have receivers like we have, when we have a quarterback, I think that gives you the ability to, you know, take those 20 yard, 30 yard shots a little more often than normal. You don't have, you know, you're not game planning for Jameis Winston or like a guy who's an inaccurate quarterback who's susceptible to throwing um, just, just really bad picks. He's going to throw an incompletion or a big play for you in Justin Herbert. You gotta let the well, guy I think that he's writing up the so a lot of people are talking about it like like the the plays the play calling is not allowing for it but the issue is the defenses have been uh taking it away and it's been leading to checkdowns like you th- right. there's been a lot of checkdowns over the last two games and it's because the big play hasn't been there I mean they try to drop the big play to Mike Williams it didn't work there's been other times where there's been play action shot plays that have led to dump offs. So it's not that he's not playing them. It's that Justin Herbert's just not seeing them open up. And, and I, that's the whole reason uh, Joe, um, uh, Joe Lombardi calls these little, you know, five yard outs and these little hook routes and all of the short stuff to try to bring the defense in to open up that shot play later. The other thing that will really help those shot plays, uh, because of the run game not being effective and not being, there is like no, um, there is no threat in the run game right now. Right. Without that threat, without something to bring and pull the defense in, those deep shots deep down the field aren't going to be there. He got the one-on-one matchup with Mike Williams this week. Uh, last week, he found Keenan Allen on a crosser. But outside of that, like, a lot of it really just hasn't been there. Yeah, I guess beyond just calling up the the big play, I, I, I guess it, he just seems very predictable um, to me this year. It seems like, oh, yeah, you're going to you, 
it, it seems like part of the reason the defense has been so good is because they can the other team can kind of feel oh yeah this is a kind of a, a, a big play joe type of moment so they kind of adjust they've been playing us very well but i just think he has got into this like predictable rhythm of dump off dump off dump off go deep and i think the defenses are kind of starting to pick up on it because we just don't have after the first i think our first drives have been phenomenal every time we get that ball lombardi's first drives i think throughout these for these last two seasons have been really great and then it kind of just gets i don't know if it's he gets predictable or if he just it, it, i really didn't see almost any issue with the play calling this game um yeah, i thought I, that there was a couple opportunities where he's looking for the deep shot uh, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of the runs being kind of stretch zone runs um a lot of like rpo stuff that really has been justin herbert's decision to hand the ball off um even like the, the the really fun one that didn't you know it wasn't there but was the DeAndre Carter screen back to um, uh, Austin Eckler screen right so that that was a really interesting play call didn't work out sometimes those don't always work out but it was a really creative play for sure um, a lot of play action right but the the play action doesn't work if your run game isn't working so that's the hard part is he's trying to to set the defense up, but to set the defense up, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the right part of it fixed, which is the run game to create those play action throws. Um, the goal line stuff has been a little difficult though. The that's probably the area that where I think that Joe Lombardi has struggled the most is finding those mismatches near the goal line uh, because they're doing it they're getting the third down, they're getting the fourth down. Um, and I think that it's, it's, you know, it's coming. It's going to be a rub route, right. By Mike Williams or, or the big guy, whoever the big guy is, that's right there. And then you're going to find, you know, Xander Horvath into the flat, got lucky there. You're going to go to Gerald Everett off that rub route. You're trying to go outside and it's just not, it's hasn't been efficient enough. We've scored on most of them, but we had that field goal that was like, you know, uh, uh, on the 10-yard line or something like that. Yeah, so, also another one of those go for it, you know, ball up. Moments, let's, yeah. Let's play football. Um, that one killed me too. We're going to settle for three when we got them. Ah, that was a bad play. Um, I mean, last year, Brandon Staley said you, can't, for it. you can't go for three there. Like, no. you can't, you know, you need seven. So and just another one of those moments. But I think that the play calling hasn't found what it was meant to find in the red zone. Just hasn't been there after, you know, the couple tries it's, it's, it's working enough, but you could be more efficient. You can do a lot of misdirection type stuff near the goal line, which I don't feel like we have. It's been play action to the flats every time, every single time it's been play action to the flats, even not like, you're first and and first and goal from like the three yard line, and you're not even taking a chance to run. I mean, you got four chances to get in the end zone, and you're on the three yard line. You're not even going to attempt to to run behind your first yeah. round draft pick, Zion Johnson. There, um, it's just been play action to the flats with a rub route, like it feels like every play. Yeah, and that's getting old. So. Head scratching game, a con- 
frustrating game. Um, but at the end of the day, we're one and one off a short week on the road. That was a tough game. Um, nothing was you going into that. I think we were supposed to lose that game, and it sucks because we were a better team for three and a half quarters of that football game. Um, credit to the Chiefs. They know how to win those types of games. Um, they know how to grind those out. They didn't play particularly well. They just they did just enough. And sometimes that's that's all you need to do. Um, I think it's a learning experience for this team. It's a young team, coaching staff, players included. At the end of the day, you're one and one going into an easy part of your schedule. We have a really good football team who has even come close to 100% potential. So that's exciting. Um, we're building towards something special. You're just going to have to hope that Brandon Staley kind of goes back to his roots a little bit, right? I want that that we believe in ourselves team that we kind of saw last year. That was in top yeah, football to watch. Yeah, that's the part that's I get so back to hard that. to watch, right? Like, that's, that's the hard part is he built this identity last season, and he's just not that person right now. Yeah, who are you? So that's been absolutely hard to, to see change because that's what I – I, I fell in love with that last year. I, I still love it. Yeah. Um, bring it back. We, we went uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we kind of get out of here, uh, I know you probably got to go and get the work. Um, we are going to the easy part of the schedule. You touched on it. We got the Jaguars in 10 days. Uh, we have the Texans after that, and then we go get to them. the Broncos October 9th. I'll be um, Oh, no, that's, that's in Mile High. We play them twice in October. Uh, no, uh, maybe, I don't know. You're supposed to be at that game. Anyways. Oh, I um, am. That is the one. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm legitimately thinking about sitting Herbert until October 9th at, at a minimum, because I'm not really too worried about the Jaguars and I'm not too worried about the Texans. Granted, we could lose that game with, you know, faulty quarterback play. But it's early enough in the season, and you need your quarterback for the long haul. I don't know what's going to yeah. come for X-rays today. Um, Justin Herbert had them last night. I'm assuming we're going to hear about it if it isn't already on Twitter and somebody else anything. has already talked about. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about sitting Justin Herbert, protect him from himself. Uh, sometimes you got to do that. I don't know what's going on there though. So, yeah. Closing um, remarks. Here we go. Buckle up. We got a good football team. Um, just got to iron some things out, get healthy. I am still very excited. I think we let one go, but that that's why you got to play the games. It's a hard sport. Nothing's given to you in this league, um, and I think it's now our time to – I think we put the world on notice. Um, it's time to go and prove that we deserve all this media attention. We, des- we are as good as our roster says we are. Um, just got to fine-tune some things. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, We'll be breaking down the Jaguars, uh, which really is not a good team. So I'm I'm actually excited (laughs) to get back on track. Let's talk about it. All right.